Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. It is my honor tonight to introduce our speaker, uh, someone that I've come to know um, very closely over the last couple of years. And uh, he's such a gift to the body of Christ, such a gift to the body of Christ. He leads one of the greatest churches in our nation. Uh, I had the honor of preaching there a little over a month ago. And I told somebody uh, a couple of days ago, we were actually celebrating Pastor Tony's 50th birthday. I hope he doesn't get mad for me throwing it out there, but he, he's a young 50. Uh, he looks great. Um, but I told somebody, if you can't preach at City Life Church, you should probably throw in the towel. Uh, that place is electric, just an incredible presence of God in that house. They host a conference every single year called Rise Conference. Uh, I've been to it every single year. Karen and I go. Uh, we're always encouraged. We're challenged. Uh, we've been... Uh, our lives and, and our leadership, we're just better because of the gift on Pastor Tony and Pastor Casey Stewart. Recently, Pastor Tony was elevated within our movement to second assistant general overseer of the entire church of God. It's a really big deal, really big deal. Um, it's about 8 million people in our movement and, and he's, he's at the top. God's using him in a powerful way with a lot of influence. And the one thing I can say about Pastor Tony is that he always makes it, I don't care what room he's in, I don't care what setting he's in, he always makes it about the people around him. He never makes it about himself. He always is trying to open up a door for somebody else to give somebody else an opportunity. And he just has a heart for God and a heart for God's people. Uh, and I could say so many more things about Pastor Tony. Uh, one of the greatest things I can say though, is you're a dear friend. We love you. Karen and I are truly honored to be connected to you. Um, I know your schedule. I know where you've been the last couple of weeks, um, out of the country, in the country, all these different cities on an airplane, basically every single day, uh, God is using him in that kind of way. And so for him to take time out of his schedule to be here tonight, to make an investment into Bethesda church, we are truly honored. And so what I want you to do, I want you to stand to your feet and I want you to give Pastor Tony Stewart a big Bethesda welcome as he comes to share the word with us. Oh, come on, somebody celebrate Jesus tonight. Anybody glad to be at church? Oh, come on. You know you're at the right place. Just remain standing for just a moment. You know, people that'll show up on a Wednesday night. I'm telling you, there's a lot of stuff going on. Tonight is my seventh time preaching in the last four days. But you know, number seven is always special. You know, number seven is where God just kind of completes some stuff. So I thought in the hotel, well, what, Father, are you going to complete tonight? What are you going to wrap and put a bow on? What is it that you're going to finally say is done? Well, I feel the Holy Spirit. What is it that you're going to just stamp and say it's final? I was praying this afternoon and, you know, I love to play golf. And, you know, Pastor Chad said, you want to play golf at the Greenbrier? And as much as I wanted to play golf, 
the last six services had caught me. And I said, I really feel like I just need to breathe for a minute. And he was so gracious. We had lunch today. And I was just in the room and I just began to meditate. And I felt like the Lord said tonight was going to be one of those nights where God just reset some things. I just really sense his presence. For some, the last season has been one of those seasons of transition where God is moving you from glory to glory. I love the seasons of God. And I told the church last night, I love the seasons. I love the seasons where you just know you're in the middle of God's glory. You're in the middle of what he's doing. But sometimes there's those seasons where you're not where you used to be. And you're not yet where you're going, but you're in the T and the O. The two little letters, the hallway of your faith. But that's the place where you have to be very careful. It's the place where Jesus told Peter, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. You're not in the place of miracles any longer. You're not yet in the upper room. But it's in the T and the O, the two. It's in the hallway of your fate where the enemy's coming in. And he's going to whisper in your mind. And he's going to come after your ministry. But I want you to never forget, Peter, when you fall, I'm praying for you. Get back up. You know, the righteous man falls seven times, but he will arise again. I'm telling you, somebody's about to have a comeback. Somebody's about to get back in the game. Somebody's about to rise up with a new song and a new shell. Somebody's going to rise up tomorrow morning and declare, I don't know what it looks like, but today is the day that the Lord had made. So just rejoice in it. We're going to pray. We're going to jump into the word. Just before I do, I've got a brand new book come out. It's, it's, I believe really will bless you if you pick it up. I do know this. If you pick it up, it will bless me. You know, I heard one guy say, you know, every penny of the proceeds go to feed hungry children. When you buy this book, it does. It goes to feed hungry children. My two daughters. Just joking. I, they're, they're $15, but if you would pick up two of them tonight, I want to give them two for 20. I want you to give one away. I only have a few left. Our last box we have from Pathway, it was they're printing more, but I would love for you to take one. And if you can't, you don't have money, just go by and steal one. And we'll just right now put it under the blood and uh, I'll bill Pastor Chad for it. I'm just say this before you're seated. Chad and Karen Dingus are such dear friends. I had a 50th birthday party, knew nothing about it in Tampa and literally had a handful of friends flying from all over the country. And when I walked in the room, Pastor Chad was sitting in the room. He tore the place up when he preached at City Life a few weeks ago. But I don't know if you really understand. Sometimes gifts become familiar. Sometimes the gifts that God gives us, we do not value because after a while they just become familiar. I'm telling you, you've been given a gift, Bethesda in this couple right here. Value them, honor them, celebrate them. Look around you, I, I'm telling you, I told you, I've been all over the country, this doesn't happen everywhere. Bishop will tell you, this doesn't happen everywhere, what you're experiencing and their choice couples. One reason I know God's hand is on them is because in this house I see generational ministry. I see a son on a keyboard. I see a son running lights. I watch on Facebook how their family operates in ministry. That's a healthy sign of a ministry. That's the place you want your family planted. A generational house. A legacy house. And I want you to know how honored you are to have them. And let me say to Bishop Jarvis, thank you for driving over. I know how busy you are. Dear friend, I've known him for many years. When I was really just getting going, he gave me an opportunity. He was the state youth director in Alabama. 
and took a chance on me, brought me in, let me speak to all the pastors in the state. And it was, you know, there's those moments where God gives you platforms. And really one of my first opportunities in a large state, it was Alabama's a big church state and he let me come. Thank you for doing that. And to, now we're serving together in ministry and partnership. Our areas are connected. And then JD says, just pray blessings over you in this new season. So happy and excited for what you guys are doing. So glad to be at Bethesda. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for all you are doing. Father, I thank you for the gatekeepers of this house. I thank you, Father, for Chad and Karen. Father, I thank you that they have a heart for you, Father. And I pray favor over them in this next season more than they expected. I declare Ephesians chapter 3. Father, you're going to do more than they imagine. Father, what they did not plan, you've already got planned. What they cannot see, you already see. So, Father, I declare a fresh anointing over them and a new season of favor. I declare by faith, according to your word, their best is yet to come. Their latter will be greater. Father, there's a harvest, Father, in their future. I bless them and their family. Father, I thank you for Bishop Jarvis and First Lady. Father, I just pray blessings over this new season. Father, let them lead revival in West Virginia. Father, let this be a model, Father, of what you want to do in the nation, Father. Father, we bless them. Father, I pray for... Bishop J.D., I pray revival starts in our generation. I pray, Father, a revival in our youth. Now, Father, I pray for everyone that's here, those watching online. I pray tonight that you would speak, you would challenge, you would change. We would leave knowing we've been in your presence. We would know, Father, that you are working, Father, and that greater days are in our future. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody said amen. amen. Come on, reach over and fist bump your neighbor before you're seated. Uh, let's jump into the word tonight. I want to go right to the book. I'm not going to preach long. I want to speak to you now from the book of Exodus chapter 13. I want to speak to you from the subject, stand, speak, and stretch. Stand, speak, and stretch. Exodus chapter 13, an orphan is getting ready to lead an army. Man, isn't that the way our God works? An orphan that has an orphan spirit, really, that doesn't have a good father figure in his life. His one father figure he does have is Pharaoh, the most wicked king in that generation. I mean, that's pretty rough right there, but God chooses him to lead an army out of captivity into a new season. You know, I found out it doesn't matter where you come from when you know where you're going. It doesn't matter what your last season held when you know who holds your next season. When you understand that the one that is working for you is an alpha and an omega God. He's got your yesterday covered and your tomorrow declared. The good news is he's timeless and spaceless. You say, well, pastor, what does that mean? That means he doesn't work according to your calendar. It doesn't work according to your watch. He can step into your crazy now cover your messed up yesterday and declare your prophetic future all with one word. I'm telling you, he can change everything with one word. One moment can change everything. And so many times we're looking for seasons, but God gives us a moment. And I'm telling you, you miss the moment and miss the season. But we find that this orphan is getting ready now as a leader to lead the people out. And I'm telling you, he's learning as he goes. I'm thankful for grace that people allow me to learn as I go. I'm telling you, I made some, this last season is all new for me. And about the time you think you got it together in one area of your life, God moves you to another area. And you re recalibrate and you begin to learn. I'm thankful for people of grace. I'm thankful for a house like this that's a house of grace that'll let you grow according to your faith and allow you to grow as the Holy Spirit leads you and works in you. I'm telling you, there's enough Pharisees out there. 
There's enough rigid, judgmental people, but I want to be around grace people that stand on truth, but they allow the work of grace to have its complete work in our life. And Moses is learning as he goes. And we find in Exodus chapter 13, something happens. We're going to jump around. We're going to start in 13, jump to 14, verse 17. Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistine, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their mind when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness out of the Red Sea by the Red Sea, as the children of Israel went up in orderly. Somebody say orderly. They went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. Let's jump to 14, verse 13. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you. That's a word for somebody tonight. The Lord will fight for you and you will hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, I love that. And the Lord, anybody need a word? We've got a talking God. He started talking in the book of Genesis and he's never quit. Matter of fact, the Bible says man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that flows from the mouth of God. I, I'm so glad we have a speaking God. When I can't find a word, he speaks for me. When I don't know what to say, he speaks for me. When I do not have the right words, all of a sudden the Holy Ghost raises up and begins to declare on my behalf. The Lord will fight for you and you will hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. When you understand that you're at the right place, somebody say, it's the right place, it's the right time, and I am the one. David walked through a door as a shepherd and the Holy Spirit said through the prophet, he's the one. The Bible said he walked in a shepherd, a horn of oil was released over his head and he departed a king. One doorway can change everything. I'm telling you, one moment in your journey can shift you. I'm a story of that. How just a moment of favor in different places in my life have been tipping points of greatness. Not to say that I'm great, but the greatness of God working through me. I'm telling you, you've got to watch because God is, is sneaky like that. He'll sneak in when you didn't expect it and hit you with a kingdom moment. And if you are aware of it, it will change everything because it will unlock a vat of favor and I'm telling you you can't buy favor you can't earn favor you can't you can't get it online you can get everything on Amazon but you can't get the favor of God on Amazon I'm telling you but when all of a sudden this moment unlocks favor everything changes and you find that you really understand when you're at the right place and you know it's the right time and you truly believe you're the one now it's easy to believe that pastor Chad's the one it's easy to believe that the guy you watch on television, your favorite television preacher, he's the one. It's easy to believe somebody maybe in your community that has status, they're the one. But I'll tell you, if you ever believe that you're the one, when you look in the mirror, you realize you are a person of destiny. You realize that your best is yet to come. And sometimes you've got to know who you are. There's some moments you just have to be the prophet of your own life. You can't get a word from anybody else. You have to just look in the mirror and say, Tony, you are the head and not the tail. You are the first and not the last Tony you are blessed going in and blessed coming out your best is before you sometimes you've just got to take hold and be the prophet of your life I declare by faith that I'm rising up and every crooked place is being made straight and I'm walking in boldness and authority sometimes you just got to have a word and Moses is being led God tells him to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt and God's about to flip the script anybody believe God's about to flip the script in your story 
Come on, I'm telling you what the enemy meant for evil, God's about to turn around and use for your good. I don't believe we can walk out of a season like we just walked out of and God not be up to something. Because I do know this, even if it's not God's sin, it will be God used. A global pandemic, a crazy election, racial tension that tried to tear the, not only the nation apart, but the kingdom apart. You cannot come out of a season like that, the, the, the father not be up to something. I'm telling you, get ready. The kingdom's about to see its finest moment. Oh, it's not for the weak need or the faint of heart. It's for churches just like this. that rise up with a voice in a dark season and declare the word of the Lord. And I'm telling you, we're, we're getting ready to see some, some things in this hour we're living. And God begins to work with Moses and, and some things begin to happen. He begins to lead them out of the wilderness. Four things I want to share with you and then we'll get back to preaching. Four things that you have to know to survive the wilderness. First, there are some things you will never change. It doesn't matter how much you pray about them, you can fast for 40 days. They will never change because they're there not meant to be changed. They're there to change you. There's some things that God puts in your life. He told, he told Paul, he said, I'm not gonna remove it, but my grace is sufficient. And once you get a hold of it, it will allow you to write from a prison cell. It'll allow you to sing at a midnight hour. It'll allow you to believe when all hope is lost and you're on a ship and there don't seem any way out. You just hold on for dear life and find out that I am enough. There's some things you won't change. It doesn't matter how much you pray about them because they're there to change you. You must discern wilderness relationships. I'm telling you, you better make sure when you're walking through a wilderness season who you're walking with. I'm telling you, the right people propel you. The wrong people derail you. Sometimes you got to give people just a good God by wave, you know? There's some people you need to love from across the room. There's some people you need to love from across the city. There's some people you need to block from your Facebook. So you have to understand and discern who's walking with you, especially in wilderness relationship, because in wilderness seasons, you become weary and weak. And your mind many times is challenged. You have to discern who you're walking with. You have to make sure you never make permanent decisions based on your temporary circumstances. So many people make permanent decisions based on the season they're in and they don't realize it's just a season. Some things come to pass. They don't come to stay. This is not the final outcome. God's going to write the last chapter, put the last period in place. Some things come to pass and you never make a permanent decision based on your temporary circumstance. Last one, never forget you have an appointment with destiny. We serve a God of destiny. You always have a destiny in your tomorrow. And this is what happens. The Bible says that God speaks to Moses and they are leaving Egypt. Finally, Pharaoh has enough and he says, you know what? Take your stuff and go. Take your stuff and get out. Moses takes the children of Israel. They pack up all their stuff. Said, we're not leaving anything when we leave. Matter of fact, we're going to take some of Pharaoh's stuff with us. We're taking all our stuff when we leave here. And this is what the Bible says. Moses lined them up in orderly ranks. It's a military term. What Moses was saying was when we march out of here, we're not marching out like a group of slaves. We're marching out like we have something in our future. I am telling you this, listen to me. The way you exit one season will determine how you go into the next season. If you walk out of the last season broken, you'll walk right in with all that baggage. If you walk out of one season discouraged, you'll walk into your next season of destiny discouraged. He said when we walk out of this season, when we leave Egypt, we're not walking out like a bunch of slaves, but 
but we will walk up with our head held high. We will walk out like we are people of destiny. We will march out of here like an army. I've come to tell somebody, if you're exiting a season, make sure you exit right. Make sure you exit with a grace. Make sure you exit knowing that God is for you and he is fighting for you. He said, when we walk out, we're walking out like an army. But the problem, they were not an army. They had slave thinking. Sometimes you do have to fake it till you make it. You just have to put a smile on until God opens the door. They're marching out and they're marching and they're headed toward the land of the Philistines. God said, hold up. You can't go that direction because if you encounter the Philistines, you will run back to Egypt. If you couldn't handle Pharaoh, you will never. They have giants over there. Remember Goliath? They had giants in their land. He said, you will never handle. He said, you will turn and run back to Egypt. I'm going to take you a longer route. Sometimes a longer route is not a denial of where we're going. It's just a delay so God can work. Now listen, I was in, I was in Michigan preaching a while back. I was in Detroit. And I was like in the one nice area of Detroit. There's not a lot of them, but I was in the one nice area of Detroit. If you're ever in Detroit, I'm sorry. I've been there many times. My dad lived up there and mom lived up there for a long time. But I was in this really nice area called Rochester Hills. Beautiful. I'm just a great area. And I'm over there preaching and the roads are a mess. And the city had put up these signs, and this is what the sign said, temporary delay for long-term relief. They were widening the roads because of growth. And what they knew because of the growth they were experiencing, if the roads were not widened, it would be chaos in the future. And sometimes your delay is because God knows the growth of your future. And what you do not see, he sees. And these signs said temporary delay for long. I, put, I took a picture of this and there's a sermon right there. Uh, sometimes, I'm telling you, sometimes in our journey, what we think is denial, what we think God is saying no, God said, oh, I'm just getting you ready because there is better in your future. He said, if you go that way, you will run back to Egypt. So they took them a longer route and they get to the Red Sea and they find themselves stuck. No way out. To the left, no way out. To the right, no way out. On the, their trail is now the army and the voice of their yesterday. Not just any army, but the voice that told them who they were, what they could be, what they could do. The army of their yesterday. I'm telling you, you know there's a future if your yesterday will not let you go. You know there's something in your tomorrow when your yesterday keeps pulling you back. You know there's something in your tomorrow when the yesterday of your life has its claws on you. That just has to tell you God is up to something good. I want you to know there is no way out. They are stuck. They are at a Red Sea and God begins to speak to Moses. He said, Moses, I need you to do three things. He said, first, I need you to stand up. If we've ever needed the body of Christ to rise up, it's right now. Everybody else is standing up. There's a spirit that would want to cancel your voice. If we have ever needed the body of Christ to stand up, it's right now. And then he said, I need you to open your mouth and I need you to speak. Now, it wasn't just that he needed a mouthpiece. But here, well, you have to understand, speaking was very difficult for Moses. He stuttered. Listen to me. Many times in the stuck seasons of your life, God will not just elevate your gifts, but he will challenge your weaknesses. He will come into those areas where you have a weakness. He said, Moses, I need you to open your mouth. I need you to speak. I know it is a difficulty, but for you, I'm going to challenge that weak area. But then he said this, I want you to do something. I want you to take what I've put in your hand, your staff, and I need you to steward it well in this season. For some of us, the test coming out of this last season is are we stewarding well what God has put in our hand? 
See, I can't steward Bethesda Church because God has not given me Bethesda Church to steward. I can't steward what he's put Bishop Jarvis over, but I can steward my church, my family, this new position that he's put me in. And all you have to do is steward what God has given you. He doesn't require you to steward anything you do not have, but he does require you to steward what you do have, what he's put in your hand. He said, Moses, take what I've put in your hand, your staff, and get to the edge of where you've never been, the edge of the Red Sea, what's before you. And when you get to the edge of the Red Sea, I need you to do something. I need you to take what's in your hand and I need you to stretch. And what you have to understand, the Bible says it's a night season. They can't see. God's given them a cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night, but it's dark. And they're at this place of impasse. God has led them, but now they're stuck. I'm telling you, sometimes I feel like God is leading me and all of a sudden the brakes go on. I mean, one season is glorious and the next season I'm like, where are you at? Maybe it's just me, pray for me. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, are you still working? I mean, are you, you know, you know but, but they're stuck and they're at this place and it's dark and God says, Moses, stand up, open your mouth and begin to speak and get to the edge of where you've been. So Moses rises up, he speaks to the people of God. He said, hold your peace, be at peace. Do not look back. God is fighting for you. God is going to take care of this. And I'm telling you, that's a word right there. God is fighting your battle. He is fighting the, the enemies that have come against us and are coming against us. God will fight. And then he said, be at peace. I'm telling you, somebody just needs to be at peace right now. God's got this. He's got the doctor's report. He's got the checkbook. He's got your kids. He's got your grandkids. He's got your ministry. He's got your next season. He's got your last season. He's got your now season. Why? He's a very present help in a time of trouble, but he's also alpha and omega. He's got this. Come on, somebody praise him because he's got you right now. Come on, somebody give him a shout about where you're going. I'm not there yet, but I'm on my way. I've not arrived, but I'm on my way. I've not yet put my foot there, but I am headed in the right direction. He said, I need you to get there. I need you to stretch. Moses spoke, said, be at peace. God's fighting for us. But now Moses has to stretch. And Moses begins to stretch. And the minute Moses stretched, it was like a chain of events went off in the heavens. The Bible said the minute Moses began to stretch, the angel that had been leading them moved to behind them and stood guard between them and Pharaoh. I'm telling you, the minute you stretch into a new season, God's got your back. The minute you stretch into a new season, God says, I'll take care of where you've been. The minute you stretch into a new season, God says, where you've already walked, I'm going to cover. The minute you stretch into a new season, you just have to start worrying about where you're going, not where you've been. God said, I've got your back. But then something begins to happen. The heavens begin to activate and God begins to breathe. And the Bible said, when God looked down at Pharaoh's army, he did not look at them the way I look at them, the way Moses looked at them the way the children of Israel. The Bible said he looked at Pharaoh's army through the, through the cloud by day and through the pillar of fire by night. I'll tell you, when God looks at your season and he looks at your circumstance and he looks at your adversary, he does not see the problem, but he looks at him through the filter of the promise he's put in place. When he looks at you and I, he says, oh, I see him as the head and not the tail. I see him as the first and not the last. I see him as the blessing of the kingdom in the earth. I see him in their whole state. I see him restored. I see them as a promise. God began to look at Pharaoh's army, but then he does something. 
he begins to breathe, the Bible said. A wind and a breath begin to move the waters of the Red Sea. I'll tell you that breath, it was there in Genesis where the Bible said he picked up dirt and began to work with dirt. And the more he worked with it, I'm so glad he works with dirt. I'm so glad he put his fingers in my dirt. I'm so glad he'll take the dirty places and still work with them. And the Bible said the longer he worked with the dirt, the more the dirt looked like him. And the minute he saw his image, he began to breathe. And there was a Ruach, breath of God. That was the same breath that was in Exodus. It was the same breath that we find in the temple where God would blow through the temple and the grain offering and they know it had been accepted. It was that same breath that David found when he was waiting in battle and all of a sudden God said do not go and fight like you fought in the last season but reposition yourself and when you're in the wind and the mulberry trees you'll know I've arrived and the Bible said David waited and all of a sudden there came a wind from elsewhere and David knew that God showed up and they defeated the Philistines from one city to the next and the name of David it was made famous in all of the land it was that same breath that in Ezekiel chapter 37 through the word of prophecy there was a breath that began to enter a valley and bone began to come together and an army of dead things began to rise up it was that same breath in John chapter 20 where Jesus walked in a room and he looked at a broken group of disciples and he breathed on them and said receive the Holy Spirit it was the same breath in Acts chapter 2 where he said and suddenly and suddenly and suddenly there was a breath from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Come on, somebody put your hands together and celebrate. That breath from Genesis to Revelation, the good news is that breath isn't coming any longer. It resides in you. David got a glimpse of it. That's why he said, let everything that hath breath, let everything that hath breath praise the name of the Lord. Would you take about 10 seconds and open your mouth and give him a shout of praise. Come on, bless the name of the Lord. I will bless you at all time. Your praise, your praise. David got a prophetic glimpse in the new covenant. The breath is now in us. You carried it in this room if you've got the Holy Spirit in And the minute you opened your mouth tonight in worship, we released it. That's why miracles are happening in this house. That's why God is showing up. We are carriers of the Ruach breath of God. And God began to breathe. And the minute Moses began to stretch, God began to breathe. And the Bible said they began to march across in dry ground. And the Bible said when they got out the other side, who somebody's about to come out. Somebody's about to cross over. The Bible said when they got out the other side, revival broke out. They began to sing a song. It wasn't just another song on a screen, but it was a song that rose out of their spirit from a testimony. They began to sing about the horse and the rider. They began to play the tambourine. Marion began to dance. And I'll tell you, you can go thousands of years later to Jerusalem. I was just there a few years ago and I was down at the wall praying, Pastor Chet, and all of a sudden in my ear, I heard somebody singing over here about the horse and the rider. Thousands of years later, they're still singing that that song why because when you stretch God bursts something in you that doesn't just fade by Wednesday it's not something that's gone after revival but it's something that when you can't find nobody else all of your all of a sudden out of your depths of your spirit a song rises up and you know in whom you serve and that song may go like this I remember when I was walking through hell but you brought me through I remember when I could not find my way out but you are the way in the middle I'm telling you there's some of you God's about to birth a new song 
along in this season. And when you come out, you're not going to have to have a worship leader. You're not going to have to have a team leading you. But all of a sudden on a Tuesday all by yourself, all of a sudden the heavens are going to enter your house. And the heavens are going to show up in your personal life and in your place. They begin to have revival. I'm going to ask the team to go ahead and come back. I'm going to ask the keyboard player with that cool City Life shirt on. Got one of our shirts on from our church. Come on. We brand everything at City Life, even the babies. We put bibs on them and said, I love City Life. We start them young. But here's what happens. God brings them out and revival begins to usher in. You know, Pastor Chad, but two years ago, right before President Trump left office, I was invited, been to the White House several times, and I was invited down to the border with a group of pastors. And it was like the who's who of pastors. I mean, Pastor Jensen Franklin, Pastor Rod Parsley, Pastor Sammy Rodriguez. I think there was like one spot left. They didn't have anybody else to go. And they're like, ask that guy in Tampa to come. But so fortunate. You know, for me, it's not about a Republican or a Democrat. It's about proximity. It, it, I'm telling you, President Biden invited me to the White House. I'd go. He hadn't invited me, but if he did, I'd go because it's all about proximity. Daniel prayed and found revival in a foreign land. But I'm telling you, we as believers have to find ourselves positioned at the right place. So I was invited, and I felt like it was a God moment. And Bishop, I just felt like it was one of the, and it would be because it was just days later after this trip, I'd be on Fox and Friends in New York. I'd be on CNN. It was just one of those moments. So I booked my ticket, got Secret Service clearance. And I, I was getting ready to head. I, I packed my bags. I was ready. And I get to the airport. And if you've been around Florida long, you realize the weather changes real quickly. And we just were very fortunate in Tampa that a storm shifted and went down south. Praying for those that were affected. We'll be touring those areas on Friday. But lightning started falling. I'm watching the monitor. And I realize that my flight's delayed. Then I realize it's going to be delayed longer and longer. I grabbed my phone and my app. And I started watching, I looked for my connecting flight. You know, I travel enough to kind of, you know, kind of look beyond what I see on the mic. I realized there's only one flight to McAllen, Texas, and I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to be stuck in Houston. I've been stuck in an airport before, and it's not fun. You miss your assignment, you just have to go home, and you just waste all this time. So I realized there's only one flight. I'm going to miss the trip. They're leaving early to go to the border. So I get up, and I go over to the gate agent. I tell the gate right before I can tell the gate agent that I'm going to get off the flight. She looks at me and said, Pastor. Now, I didn't know the lady, but I wanted to act like I did. I was like, oh, hey. She said, you don't know me. I'm like, sure. She said, I've only been coming to City Life for about three months. But she said, let me tell you this, Pastor. Before I could tell her, she said, the sermon series on faith we just got out of has been life-changing. She said, I've been praying over my husband, my kids co-workers, passengers that don't even know it. And I'm telling you, God's just changing our life. I was like, oh, that's awesome. I introduced myself. She said, my name's Jackie. I said, Jackie, that is, thank you. That encourages me because I'm not happy right now. <laughs> thank you for sharing that. She said, well, what can I do for you? So I'm going to get off my plane. I'm not going to meet, make my connecting flight. I said, I was going to meet this group of pastors, but you know, I just don't want to spend the night in Houston for no reason. And she looks at me and says, you're not going to make that flight. I'm thinking she's going to do something on a computer. I said, oh, really? She said, you're going to make that connecting flight. I'm thinking maybe she knows something I don't. She said, I said, really? She goes, yeah, I'm going to pray you make it. Well, I want to look like the man of faith and power. I was like, oh, Jackie, that is awesome. 
Thank you, Jackie. And I went and sat back down, you know. They finally left about 15 minutes later, get on the plane. I'm sitting on the plane. And finally, after about 15 minutes, I push the button, the flight attendant comes over and he says, can I help you? I said, I think I'm gonna get my stuff, get off the plane. I said, you know, I'm gonna miss my flight. I don't wanna be stuck in Houston. We're now so late. There's no way I'm gonna make the connecting flight. He says, well, grab your stuff. I'm getting ready to shut the door. We're gonna start taxiing. I said, I'll stay. He comes over in about five minutes and this is what he said. He said, Mr. Stewart, you'll be all right. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you're gonna make your connecting flight. I said, are you sure? He said, I'm positive. I said, how can you be positive? He said, because the pilot of this plane is the pilot of the next plane. I'll tell you what happened. We landed in Houston. I didn't have to even get off the plane with everybody else. Delta pulled a four-door Porsche to the gate. Me and the pilot walked down the stairs, got in this car. They drove us to the next plane. I was on the plane before anybody else. Now, let me tell you, let me tell you, I'm getting ready to close. I was walking through some stuff. Nobody knew it. Church was doing good. Family was doing great. This stuff was right here in me. It was in my head and it was getting in my heart. And I'm telling you, I was walking through a season and right there on that tarmac, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Tony, I'm not only flying this season, but I'm flying the next season. And it cannot take off until you're on board. I've come to tell somebody at Bethesda, God's got this season and he's got the next season, but he may be requiring of you to get to the edge of where you've never been and take what he's put in your life and begin to stretch. For some of you, he's stretching your worship right now. For some of you, he's stretching your prayer life. For some, he's going to stretch your generosity. For some, he's going to stretch your faith. But God's got this. He's got this season. He's got the next season. He said, Moses, get right to the edge. Take what's in your hand. It's tough. When you're stuck, it's tough to stretch. When you're discouraged, it's tough. something happens when you get to the edge come on jump to your feet all over the room we're going to pray tonight if you can stand with me just stand for a moment I feel the Holy Spirit he said right to the edge of where you've never been boy I sense that some of you are right there you're right there and about the minute you put your foot out waters are going to part about the minute you step out and do what God has called you to, waters are going to part. About the minute you open your mouth in that dry season and offer a hallelujah, not because there's a ban, just because you love Jesus and you believe he's got this. The minute you open your mouth and begin to declare that he is, he is, he is out for God. He is Omega God. He's my beginning and my end. He's my first and my last. He's got this season and he's got my next season. And I get to the edge. And I take what he's put in my hand and I begin to. I'm telling you, listen. All through the word of God, people that stretched caught his breath. Noah built a boat when there was no water to float it. But God says, get ready. There's fountains in a deep place. There's rains that have never been released in the earth. But if you'll build a boat, I'll release it. All through the word of God, people just got to the edge. I don't know what's out there. I don't know what's going to happen. But God begins to open doorways. You know, in my home, we have three females, my wife, my two daughters, 
And even in the pandemic, we bought a dog. You know what kind of dog we bought? A girl dog. I'm, I'm outnumbered. All, all I got in my house, Bishop, you understand? All I got is females in my house. I'm outnumbered. And my, my girls, they have an anointing. My wife, my girls, to shop. Now, they're anointed in many areas, but they got an anointing to shop. They can go long, they can go hard. I mean, I'm telling you, it's like a three-day revival when they get to the mall, you know? And they often remind me how much money they've saved me. And I hear this frequently over the weekend, Dad, I've got nothing to wear. I walk in their room, it looks like Nordstrom. But I'll tell you, we're creatures of habit, Bishop. We go to the same mall. We park at the same spot. Our favorite restaurant is there, a Starbucks. Some of our favorite stores, we park in this. As a matter of fact, they can tell me they're going to the mall. I'll tell them I'm gonna meet them. Pastor Jeff, I don't even have to ask where to park. We're creatures of habit. This mall is called International Mall. It's got all the cool stores. It's got this beautiful set of glass entryway. There's these beautiful glass doors. But you know what I found? These doors do not open when I pull in the parking lot. These doors do not open when I get out of my car. These doors do not open when I start walking towards the mall. But there is a place when I get close enough because there's a sensor on those doors. They're automated doors. And when I get close enough to those doors, I don't have to kick them open. I don't have to pry them open. I don't have to push them open. When I get close enough, I hit the sensor and the doors just open. And I've come to tell someone you're about to hit the sensor. And when those doors open at that mall for my glory, girls, it's like the glory rolls out of that mall. I'll tell you, somebody's about to see the glory roll out because you're going to hit the sensor. Somebody's about to see a song because you're going to hit the sensor. Somebody's about to hit that place in worship and God's going to open the heaven. Somebody's going to open it by your giving. Others are just going to open it because you're going to go home tonight and declare over your house, this house is blessed in favor. This house will serve the Lord. This house is a house of miracles. This house is full of His glory. You're just going to do a drive-by by your kid's room and say, I know they're struggling, but they're blessed. There's a calling on their life. You're going to lay your hands on your checkbook. Say, I can't make it work, but according to your riches and glory, you will supply every need. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to give. I'm going to stretch. Well, I just sense there's miracles in this house. I want to pray over you tonight. I want you to stretch. Some of you need to get to the edge of where you've never been. Come on. This is the riverbank right here. Right here, right here, this is the riverbank. Now you may be good, everything may be going well, maybe you're not believing for a new season, but if you are believing for a new season, Moses didn't get to the back of the line, he didn't get into the middle of the pack, but he got right to the edge, the Bible said, in a midnight season. He got right to the edge of where he had never been, and some of you are right there, but I'm telling you, it's your faith that moves God. It's your faith that activates the heavens. It's your faith that turns it around and allows God to flip the script in your life. It's your faith that silences your yesterday. It's your faith that opens your tomorrow. It's your faith that rises up when you cannot see it and allows God to be revealed. It's your faith. So I'm telling you, some of you need to activate your faith. If you believe God's about to open it, God's about to take you where you've never been, God's about to open a portal in your life, I want you to quickly get out of your seat. Come stand with me at the riverbed tonight. Come stand with me at the edge of where you've never been. Come on, somebody's about to step into a miracle in their house, in their family. I'm not even going to lay hands on you tonight. I'm just going to declare over you tonight. And together we're about to stretch to about, come on, let's worship for just a moment.
I'm going to ask the team to come out, the worship team to come out quickly. Come, let's just worship for just a moment before we pray. Father, we declare you're here in this room. You're here in this moment. Father, we're about to see your glory revealed. Hallelujah. Come on, throw your hands in the air like lightning rods. Come on, stretch out before you. Come on, reach out into that place of promise. Father, we're reaching, we're stretching. Come on, some of you got your kids in your hands. Some of you have your destiny in your hands. Some of you are stretching into a place you've never been. Some of you are reaching out with a miracle and declaring, Father, you're about to breathe. You're about, come on, your faith is attracting him tonight like a magnet. Father, you're working, you're doing. We're seeing. Father, we declare, let's worship for a moment. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.